Welcome to The Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you've experienced the loss of someone close to you, Dr. Connie and her guests will share guidance, love, and support to help keep you moving. Now, here is Dr. Connie. Welcome to The Widow's Walk for the month of December. How are you all doing out there? Among us widows, the holidays are the most painful, they're most difficult because of all the memories. And this was a tough show to prepare because originally I was going to invite a couple of mine. The man was a friend of my late husband, John's, and that gentleman, Peter Conkergood, died the day before I was supposed to do a broadcast with him to send that off. So uh, he's off in heaven with my husband, John, and his girlfriend, Barb, is back in Canada, and she actually just received their their highest honor, uh, the medal of uh, the honor of, of for Canadian citizens. So, but it the theme for this end of the year is when your heart is big enough to love another, right? And we all deal with loss in our lives. Life is about gaining, but the most of the time you lose. You lose people you love. You lose people close to you. And the holidays are particularly tough for widows and widowers or anyone who has lost a loved one because it's the memories of Christmas and the music and the end of the year coming to an end. And, and you know, I'll be home for Christmas. Really? Really? Are you going to be home for Christmas? And just all those things that evoke memories of love and joy are so different when our loved one is physically not with us. So since our last show, we've had more widows join the ranks of the 700,000 new widows each year in our country. Uh, The closest one to me actually is my aunt, Carmen. She became a widow a few days ago. She is in a skilled nursing facility in San San Diego. She's 87. I got her admitted there a month ago. And she's been married since 1979 to her husband, Bob, who's a retired Marine Corps uh, E-9. They had no children, happily married for 40 plus years. And Uncle Bob struggled through this time. We had to put my my aunt away in a home. But he also struggled the fact that he looked consistently ill every time I saw him. And I encouraged him to go get some help. And I really sensed there was something medically wrong. He had a malignancy, but he did not. He refused to get care. And so a few days ago, my brother, who is close to my aunt and uncle, went over to find my uncle uh, had already passed in his home. And so my brother and my sister and my cousins had the very painful duty to inform my aunt in person. And I always call that you are the widow maker. As a physician, anyone in healthcare, when you walk into a room and you tell somebody a loved one has passed, and I think of so many women, wives, who I've told them, you know, we have done everything we could for your husband. We couldn't help him. We couldn't save him. He he passed peacefully. You know, you've become the widow maker, as I call it. And every widow, every widower remembers the moment that happens, who said it to them, how it was said, the circumstance, and it's like a bad dream. So my brother did give her that uh, information. My, actually, my cousin Remy did. My brother was there to be supportive, and and my aunt grieves, but it's mostly, right, she's now in the shock phase. The other close person I know who lost a spouse is my dear friend, Barbara Idoni, who is my administrator for many years at the White House, and she's an incredible leader, a naval officer, retired from the Navy. She cared for her husband, John, who was a lot older, moved to Florida, and he passed away on Thanksgiving Day. 
And so I did call her afterwards. And people sometimes are afraid to reach out to someone who's lost someone because thinking, well, I don't want to make them cry. Well, listen, they cry all the time. They cry unprovoked, you know, and just if you have a friend who's lost a spouse, just call them, send them a note. Because I think the most painful thing is for somebody who's afraid to say something and they, we sense that you sort of don't care or you don't remember I lost my spouse. And just acknowledge, just say, I'm sorry for your loss. I think the most difficult thing for us to accept is when somebody says, well, he really is in a better place. And you're like, no, he's not. He'd be better if he were sitting here with me. But it's, it's people are uncomfortable around death. We are, they absolutely are uncomfortable. So I, I just, you know, it's especially sensitive time as people lose their loved ones. And my heart goes out to my Aunt Carmen out there, who I'm actually going to call later today uh, on speakerphone uh, at her home where she's being cared for. And then my friend Barb, who's going through her first Christmas without her husband, John. So I, you know, it's almost like I, I, I'm surrounded by my widow friends. This past month when I decorated my condo, I hired by elves. Kathy Rogers and Marilyn Blattner, who've decorated my homes for the last 15 years. They come out, they do the floral arrangements, they decorate everything. I don't have to worry about it. And seven years ago, these two women who are business partners in Fres lost their husbands two, two months apart. They've been married over 50 years each. Both of them died suddenly, their husbands. Marilyn's husband died of a heart attack, had sudden death. She did CPR at home. And then a few days later, she had a heart attack of her own. Uh, and so they struggled with that. Marilyn told me when I saw her recently that uh, you never get over losing your spouse, but then she had just lost her son of a heart attack this past May. So it is a season of supposedly cheer, but it's a lot of tears. We, as we know, they are tough times here. The holidays, the dark winter nights, feeling lonely and cold. Everybody, quote, appears to be happy, except you're missing a particular person at your table. And it's meant to be the season of love and hope and new life. So what about widows and widowers? What can you bring of new life and hope? And I know one of the latest hit series is The Golden Bachelor on television. And he is a widower. You know, the, the Golden Bachelor is a widower. And I think they did find him somebody. I'm waiting for him to come out with a TV series, The Golden Bachelorette. But it's hard to find a widow partner, because most of us say, I don't want to be a nurse, don't want to be a purse. So the theme of this show is when your heart is big enough to love again. Part of that came from a message from my late husband, John, several years ago, when my medium said John had a message for me, and it was this, your heart is big enough to love another. And so I've been widowed for three years last year. I'm now four years and five months as a veteran widow. And I thought, no way, there's no way. So uh, the no way part is no one would ever replace John. But his message to me was very clear. If your heart is big to embrace love again, be open to love and the possibility of it. Because you're not cheating on your spouse who's in heaven. You're following your path and your joy in this life. And I don't think your loved one who has passed would want you to be miserable for the rest of your life. And I had originally pre-recorded this show for widows and widowers who remarried in the month of January this year. As I mentioned, John's oldest and dearest friend, Peter Conkergood, had died uh, like the month before this came out. And so it wasn't meant to be. And I thought, 
who would I finish this year's show? This is my inaugural year on Widow's Walk. And by the way, we have re- renewed for another year. So yay, yay to all listeners who really like this show. So I remember in December 2022, I got this delightful Christmas card from my former Air Force White House nurse, Deb Beatty. That was her former name. I have a long history with Debbie serving at the White House and the Clinton White House. She started with George Herbert Walker Bush. She was his favorite nurse. Don't tell her. Don't tell the other nurses that he loved. He loved Debbie. Everybody loved Deb. And so I go back. Goodness, 22 years with Debbie. It's hard to believe. And she has an amazing amazing bio. I mean, I can go on all about Debbie. She's a a veteran Air Force officer, retired as a lieutenant colonel. The highlights were she was the White House Medical Unit, White House Air Force nurse for Bush Sr. and President Clinton. She has a master's in critical care from University of Maryland, Baltimore. She was signed in Bitburg, Germany. She was a chief nurse, director of nursing for Seymour Johnson in North Carolina. She was squadron commander for 150 people, chief operating officer, Mountain Home. Idaho. Her last assignment was the U- U.S. Air Force Academy Hospital in 2006-2008. She was married to Jeff Beatty for many years, and he died, and I knew Jeff, he died in 2007 of glioblastoma. She retired from the Air Force right afterwards. Her daughters, Jennifer and Allison, were in elementary school. I think Jennifer was 13, Allison was 10. And so Debbie moved on with her life. She stayed busy. She worked as an instructor in a lab, in a simulation lab. But I think the thing that brought her to her hope was she served as a hospice nurse for Compass's Hospice in Colorado from 2015 to 2022. And that continues the story that she'll share. And she retired from nursing in 2022, darn, because she's a great nurse. I wanted to hire her. And she met Rick. And we're going to tell the story. They got married on June 5th, 2022. June 5th is my wedding anniversary from John. So it's a special day. So I'm going to have her share in our talk today how they met. Um, Debbie's amazing. This is the first time I got to to meet Rick, Rick Moraz. He's amazing. He's a commissioned officer in the Air Force 1982. We have some mutual friends. He served active duty from 1982 to 2002, retired as a major in the Air Force, communications officer. He specialized in computer science, command and control systems, intelligence computer systems, war game simulation. Sounds like fun. Uh, He has a bachelor's of science in computer science. He's a techie guy, super, super bright. You have a PhD in computer science? My gosh, he is brilliant. Worked in the Pentagon. You can do some some good fiction stories here. He worked at the uh, NASA Johnson Space Center, the Space Shuttle Mission Control Center, uh, Air Force Academy computer science professor, on and on. You're probably one of the most humble, brilliant people I know. My gosh. After the Air Force, he worked for the Institute of Defense Analyses, uh, 20-year service there, support to the Missile Defense Agency. As they say, if I tell you, I have to kill you. Uh, his family, his late wife, Mary, died in, two, in 2020 after a three-year battle with abdominal cancer, married for 36 years. He has two children, Luke, who's 38, Megan's 36, and he's blessed with three grandchildren. Debbie, And Rick, thanks for coming on this show. Thank you, Connie. Yeah, you bet. You know, I I just wanted to find a way to reach out to you. And your card made me happy a time of year. And we're so blessed that you came out this year because you're coming to my party this year, which I think is great. And I get to meet, I get to meet Rick. And, but I thought what a better couple to share hope that 
when you lose your spouse, you don't have to die. You don't die at all. You move on. You know, when you go from we to me and you know who me is, but then I always say there's a possibility of we again and you're a better we because you had been me and there was another we before, if you can do that, if you can believe all that. Do you mind sharing today about your story about when you lost your spouse, what you went through? Sure. So um, Jeff had a very aggressive brain tumor, and so it was a very quick um, uh, scenario, uh, different from Rick's. Um, He had um, some dizziness and nausea and Uh, We kind of chalked it up to flu at that time of the year, but they did find a mass the size of a lemon on his brain, and uh, he had surgery the following day, and the surgeon came out and told me, you know, 75% of these people are gone within 17 months. So that's when my grieving really started was right there um, in the ICU. Um, Jeff had a pretty normal year, if you can call it that. And then the last six months, he just really went down the hill. And so it really was 17 months from diagnosis till he passed away. And then you lost Mary through cancer, right? That's right. Um, So um, Mary was diagnosed with uh, uh, abdominal cancer. Primary was colon cancer and uh, pretty uh, aggressive from what the doctors told me. It basically metastasized throughout her abdominal cavity. So it was a lot of ups and downs and different treatments and operations over a three-year period. So from 2017 to 2020, I was very fortunate to take care of her. But um, it was uh, it was kind of one of those things where you watched her slowly die each day. As Debbie mentioned, you know, that period, um, whether I didn't realize it, I was grieving from... The first day of that diagnosis, realizing that at the other end, it you know wasn't going to end well. You're what I call a widower in waiting. Mm-hmm. You know it's coming, mm-hmm. but you grieve every day. But you you got the shock, right? Like me, mine died suddenly. It was like suddenly widowed. But then you had some time. Mm-hmm. You had some time. It yeah, wasn't like had ends- time to prepare. Mm-hmm. But still, nothing totally pre- prepares you for the end. But how did you two connect? Well, what's uh, what's interesting is that. Um, when our, our oncologist uh, decided that there was nothing else they could do to, you know, treat Mary, as you said, you become the, you know, the widow maker, recommended hospice. Well, Mary was very sick. She was only in hospice three weeks before she passed. And um, Debbie was her case manager. Debbie was her RN that took care of Mary. Now, she only saw Mary three times and that, you know, basically once a week over that three week period. But that's how I first met Debbie. Mm -hmm. Um, our story kind of continues and I'll share that a little bit with how we reconnected after Mary passed. Um, you know, I figured all those caregivers would be out of the picture. Um, but nice, uh, through hospice, they provide bereavement and grief counseling. They gave me a great, uh, great counselor. I was having a particularly tough time. It was a couple months after Mary passed, and I reached out to uh, talk to my counselor, but she had had a family emergency and um, worked back and forth with the hospice staff. And they finally said, hey, we're busy. The pastor's on vacation. Please reach out to your case manager, Debbie, and uh, she may be able to help you get through this tough time. Well, I had gotten rid of her phone number. I had to go look it up. 
and I send her a very strange text message like, hey, I'm I, sure this is appropriate. Yeah, but... <laughs> but I really need to talk to someone. I knew Debbie had lost her yeah. husband. I yeah. didn't I didn't realize she was retired Air Force at the time. But hey, we you... went to breakfast and mm-hmm. um, over coffee and like that. We kind of shared each each of our stories. And um, it uh, we kind of kind of struck a chord with each other because after three years of taking care of Mary, I was not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And I had decided I really needed to get back into life. I mean, I hadn't had a you know, annual physical in three years, hadn't seen the eye doctor in three years. Yeah. You Diet. put everything on hold because you're taking care of her. Exactly. So, dying. so I mentioned that to Debbie that I'm trying to get back into bike riding and skiing and things. And uh, she recommended there's a group that I might be able to join to do this, you know, you know, with a group of folks instead of by myself. Yeah, it's part of an over-the-hill gang, as we call <laughs> ourselves. And we're 50 and older, but we're all very active and like camping and biking and um, skiing and pickleball. So I but said... But you didn't plan to date her. I mean, you just no, wanted no, I just somebody did, to talk to. Yeah, I just said, here, I'm going to send you the website. Sure, it's helping and him out. If you know, if you want to check us out and do some things, you don't have to get back into life by yourself. So... 4 a.m. before I go to work on Monday, I email him the website and immediately I get this email back. Wow, you're up early. Can't you sleep? And I'm like, well, let me just tell you, ever since I've been in the Air Force, I'm an early, early riser. I get up at 4 a.m. every day, too. (laughs) So um, I think we I was going to be doing a bike ride later that week. And I just said, hey, look, I'm going to be riding my bike on Friday and it's a really easy trail. It'd be you know, a nice way to get back into it if you want to join me. And then we would, it was during COVID. So pretty much none none of the restaurants were open. So I said, why don't you come over and we'll cook dinner together. And that way we can continue the talk and hear his story. And and we shared a lot of Air Force stories too, Mm -hmm. leadership Mm -hmm. stories or challenges or what have you. So it just, we just formed a really nice friendship. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and um, at that time, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, still working. So was Debbie. And uh, um hate to say it, you know, you read my bio, worked for Missile Defense Agency, and it was a pretty chaotic organization. And, you know, that life change, losing a spouse, yeah. you know, you start saying, and, and why am I doing this? You know, so... Yeah, we had some talks about, you know, when when we should retire or hang it up or maybe do a, you know, change of a job to get the stress out of your life. Uh, So we talked about that. Um, And I can remember uh, sharing with my mom and dad that I had, you know, have someone that I can talk to. She understands my situation. Um, You know, we had gone bike riding and maybe some hikes together and like that. And my mom and dad thought that was just absolutely wonderful, you know, to have a, you know, you know, a friend right. that, you, that yeah. you could confide in. And uh, one of our dinners, I remember, you know, raising my, my glass and giving a little toast and saying, Debbie, I really hope this friendship lasts a long time. And I was thinking, I really hope that it's going to be more than just friends. <laughs> so at what point did you think, uh, you know, there might be a chance because you You've been a widow 17 years. Right. You know, you did you ever think I you'd ever marry again? I was hoping I would marry again. I didn't know who it was going to be. Um, so, um, you know, I had had 
I had done some online dating and whatnot. I started doing that eight years after Jeff passed away. And I didn't start that until after my youngest was in college. I figured being a single mom and working was enough to handle. But um, once my youngest went off to college, I said, I don't really want to be by myself anymore. I, mm. I, I enjoy traveling and I enjoy doing outdoor things and it would be much more fun with a companion. Obviously, I had the club that I could do things with as friends, but um, yeah, just... Oh, you should tell how you got started with your online dating. So, you know, the White House nurses, we, yeah, we would yeah. get together every other year. They try to set you up. And uh, <laughs> they actually built an online profile for me while I was crashed out at the pool. Those pictures, they used your picture. Yeah, they they <laughs> knew me well enough and they had a picture of me. So it was funny. I woke up and my phone was exploding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all these hits. But um, well, they love you. They want to take care of you. They want right. to find you somebody good. Right. You know. But, but it is interesting. Yeah. They try to everyone tries to find someone for you. But I think I knew I knew within a couple of weeks that Rick was special, but I couldn't I what? couldn't show that. He was fresh in his grief. Yeah. I oh, yeah. I was stale. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted him to figure out when it was right. And we were just friends and um I think um his Porsche club was having a Christmas party and he said, would you like to go? And I said, you know, you have to be very careful. I'm happy to go with you, but this might be considered like a, a date. date. They yeah. might think I'm Mary. They might think I'm your wife. Right. He was still wearing his wedding ring. Yeah. I was not. And, um, you know, if, if you're at the bar and someone ask you questions you got to be ready to mm -hmm. get ambushed by yeah. grief and yeah. maybe we could come up with a sign that come it's time me. to go yeah. and we'll Good. just leave or if things aren't going well that day we don't even have to go you know we can yeah. just call it off so covid canceled the christmas party but rick said we're gonna go ahead and have our own fun and we'll take Good. the porsche out and we'll drive around and see the christmas lights we'll bring some italian food home and we'll just have a nice evening and i um remember telling him that afternoon it's been a long time since i've had somebody i've looked forward to getting dressed up for yeah and um that night we yeah. really opened up our hearts and how many how long after Losing Mary. Did. So that that was about four months after yeah. uh, yeah. Mary passed. But you know, you had been grieving That's right. a long time. I, I had a patient a month who'd been married 50 years and he started dating about four months later, got remarried eight months after his wife died. She was a patient. And, and they really didn't tell a lot of people because people will give you a hard time about mm -hmm. it. But he says, I've been grieving for mm -hmm. the past five years before she passed. Um, we're going to take a quick break uh, and then come back because I want to delve into life as a new me, as a new we, because I think your story is beautiful, that it's almost like you're just looking for a friend, you know, somebody to talk to. And look who you find, your your soulmate, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And, I, and it's so obvious, if I had a camera, you can tell how connected, how they <laughs> look at each other. I mean, I'm just, I'm so happy. You can tell. People genuinely loved and I think that's the, the, the best match. I think the best match is spirit-driven. So we're going to take a little break, and we'll be back after a break with uh, Dr. Connie on the Widow's Walk with Rick and Deb Mraz, and who have found that 
their hearts are big enough to love another and move on with a new soulmate, because I think you can have multiple soulmates. So stay tuned for more on The Widow's Walk. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you inspired by stories about personal empowerment, well-being, and the motivation to achieve more? Get ready for Next Steps Forward with Chris Meek. Each week, Chris will talk with experts and icons from different walks of life who personify energy, direction, excitement, and purpose as they take bold steps forward in pursuit of excellence and service to others. Tune in to Next Steps Forward, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Did you know you have the power to overcome any obstacles and create the life you desire? Listen for Up Close and Empowered with host Sana Johns. Sana has proven with nearly three decades of experience, it is totally possible to become stronger, more confident, and empowered to live a life of love, fulfillment, and success. It's through Sana's personal transformation that has inspired her to awaken you to your divine power. Up Close and Empowered with Sana Johns, Thursdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Welcome back to The Widow's Walk. Remember to check out the show page on the Voice America website for more episodes. Now, back to Dr. Connie. This is a special Christmas gift for all of the widows and widowers out there. And it's a wonderful love story between my friend Deb and her husband, Rick, and how they met. So you really met through through hospice. Deb was the case manager for your late wife, Mary, as she was dying. And you were one of those I call widower in waiting. For three years as she died, you took care of her. It's like you grieve every day. Mm-hmm. And then in your way to heal after losing her, you needed someone to talk to. And you reached out to to Deb. And so how soon, it was how many months after that you felt, you know, there's something special about this person. What, what's uh, just to kind of add add to that, when um, I had reached out to get that, you know, to uh, Christine, who was, you know, my grief, you know, bereavement counselor, to just to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And I get the message that she's had a family emergency. Well, if I had called a week earlier when, or she didn't have the mm-hmm. that emergency, I would, would have had her. I would have no, I would have had no reason to ever call Debbie ever again. Things so happened for a reason. You know, we we really we really think that, you know, God's hands put us yeah. together at the right time in our lives. God is so the we, best mask maker of all. 
We met October 31st and we started dating mid-December. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and I, like I said earlier, I wanted to just make sure that he, he seemed okay to me with his grieving. Sure. But I reached out to Christine once she came back and said, you know, I think he's doing okay, but, you know, is he at a level where he could be ready for another relationship at this point. And she thought you were the most emotionally strong individual she had ever met in her life. And then I suggested that he take the grief share class. Normally I lead it at church, but I was taking a semester off. So I suggested that he take it when Dale was leading. And I asked Dale, you know, what do you think, you know, is Rick ready to get into another relationship. So I really wanted to protect him and I didn't want him rushing into anything he wasn't ready for. You know, it's, we all heal and recover at different rates. And it sounds like you were, you were grieving for quite some time and it wasn't like instant. And then you go out. I mean, um, I've been, gosh, four years, you know, over four years, you were 17, but even then, you know, you decided about eight years later, you know, we all have different timeframes when we heal the tough thing is when people say, well, you need to wait five to 10 years mm-hmm. or like, or, or, or never. And it's like, oh, gee, you know, you have to move on with your life. What are you meant to do? So at what point you said, well, we should get married because, you know, the statistics are, and I quote them a lot, um, among widowers, 61% remarry and widows, it's 16%. So, you know, you're, 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 you're working with the odds. I mean, there are 11.6 million widows, uh, and there are three million widowers. And so what what made you say, I really want to try this again? Well, um, you know, I've, I kind of learned this again, you know, reading other, you know, things online and books and like that, that, you know, I was in a very, you know, long-term relationship with Mary for mm-hmm. 36 years. A good long, a good and, marriage. And was, marriage. Yeah. yeah. And um, we had raised kids together and, you know, did some travel and of course, for, you know, pulled her all over the place in the Air Force with all those moves and everything. And it, to me, having a partner mm-hmm. to share life with was important to me. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, when um, that was one of the things that in our discussions of getting to know each other, um, I, I really wanted another long term relationship. I didn't want to do this. Yeah, let's give it a shot. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. No. You're committed. I, I want a very committed relationship. Yeah. And we talked a lot about that early on. So I think we both knew that we had something very special. We've lost spouses. You know, we've gone through that. We've Air lived a lot. Careers. Yeah, lived yeah. a lot of life. We like doing things together. We like traveling. And, you know, I was like, um, one of the things when we were you know, kind of dating, it was just like, how in the world did you get into my life? <laughs> Where did you come from? And what was your answer? Florida. Yeah, she dropped the Florida. <laughs> so yeah, um, we know God's hands put us oh, together. I, yeah, it's it's all of a sudden I go, who's this Rick guy? You know, it's like, well, and it's you can tell it it, it there's no struggle. Everything flows. It's like breathing. It's like it's just very natural. There's no drama. You're just happy together. You yeah. are so well matched. In fact, it was funny. We, uh, my daughter suggested that we read a book called Eight Dates, and it talks about finances and raising children and families and uh, religion, all the 
big rocks that hopefully everybody talks about before they get married. And one of the things was about conflict. And the, the big thing is, it's not bad to have conflict, but you need to learn from your conflict. And mm-hmm. we're like, I don't know what we're going to be arguing about. And so uh, <laughs> one of the things that we did before we got married is we each made a list of mm-hmm. what we thought our first fight would be about. And we sealed <laughs> it in an envelope. And when we have that first fight, you're going to we'll open it up and see and who if, was right. <laughs> and if we get to five years or fifth anniversary and we haven't had that first fight, then we're going to open it up on our just, just for fun. <laughs> just to see what would we argue over. It's almost like, you know, it's when you're that match, you really are soulmate. You really I've never that. believed in soulmates before until I met Rick. You have one now. Yes. You find it took a while. It's just amazing. But you look at the timing. It, it had to be, you know, this. The irony is you each had to lose somebody you love to find the one you love. Mm-hmm. You yeah. each had to lose somebody. And I always think, you know, because people say, well, don't you ever think of your late spouse? I mean, you, you know, she, you knew. I mean, he never met Jeff, but still you met Mary and she's in heaven. She's in her, you know, she's in a place of peace and beautiful and joy. And, you know, would, would she want Rick to be alone and miserable? The rest of your life, people who love you want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. Want you to be happy, um, you so- know. And um, one of the things was interesting is that we could talk about anything. You know, we we talked to you know all those big you know topics uh, that were in that eight dates book. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked but, about what worked well in our marriage and mm-hmm. what we would do differently. That's a great book. I'll tell again. widows. It's called Eight Dates. Eight Dates. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell my widow friends to widowers to to get that book. And um, but we could, you know, we we talk about, you know, Jeff and all the experiences sure. of, you know, with Debbie and, you know, her her family. And we talk about Mary. And and as Debbie said, it's like, you know, we had a loving relationship, but there was, you know, those things that, you know, mm-hmm. there is friction and conflict. There's no and perfect do it over again. And yes. if you had to do it over again, how would we change it or resolve it? Yeah. And, and, and I think at this stage in your life. What you're looking for in a partner is totally different when you're in your mm-hmm. 20s. You're a different person. Yeah. Well, As a result of that marriage and who you are now. Right. You're different. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're starting your careers. You're starting your families. Mm-hmm. It's just you've lived so much life. Um, and now, you know, we're going into our sunset years. Um, it's only going to go downhill from yeah. now. You got a great nurse. <laughs> oh. And I used to say there's someone you grow up with and someone you grow old with. Can you grow old and stay young together right. in that relationship? Can you age gracefully into those final years and this final chapter? For. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm hoping for. Yeah. I would really not want to face a terminal diagnosis or something, you know, by myself. So it's really nice to have a partner in crime. Yeah. Yeah. Although you mentioned having a nurse on hand. When I've asked about nursing duties, she claims that she's retired or off duty. <laughs> she will only apply pressure and call 911. <laughs> yeah. She knows. She knows how to try. It's a great nurse. She knows what she can or cannot do. So, what are any surprises when you got married? Changes? Um, I don't think so. It, I mean, the one thing we were a little disappointed was that um, we each had a child that wasn't totally on board but one of the um well the the chaplain that was going to Mm. officiate our wedding was doing marital counseling with us and suggested that we write our going to be stepkids so i wrote to luke Mm -hmm. and megan and Mm -hmm. he wrote to my daughters and just 
introduced ourselves, talked about wanting a loving, respectful relationship. How do you prefer to communicate? And so we did that. Was it an email or a letter you sent to them? We sent letters. Okay. Did they ever um, respond or... I don't think anybody responded. I think did. Megan did late. She uh, said, I do not wish to communicate with you at this time. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. now, I mean, yeah. we just gave them time and space. Sure. And um, we have an, a fine time when we go yeah. visit his family, his daughter and her um, kids. And Allison has come home several times and spent several weeks mm-hmm. at home. So it's not that they're avoiding us or being disrespectful or rude it's becoming much more normal it becomes a loyalty issue they for some reason think if i like mom's new spouse i'm disloyal to the memory of my dad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it takes time for them to realize you're not you know you i'm sure you told them you know rick is not your father your Mm -hmm. father will always be jeff Mm -hmm. and the same for mary deb is not your mother Mm -hmm. you know and she will respect her Mm -hmm. but it just takes time Mm -hmm. and it's and then there, there are relationships. Well, we thought we have our dad, and then there's, you know, in some families, it's the estate, the money, you know, and and there have been stories of, you know, people who rebound and and marry the the wrong person, and it becomes pretty ugly. So, and it's always the that emotion. was one of the things. Even though we knew we were ready, we wanted to give our families time mm-hmm. to be more comfortable with the whole idea of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And you're thoughtful about it. So you got married. Where'd you go on your honeymoon? Uh, we went to Cozumel. You picked that. Where's your because you 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 are very athletic, both of you. Where's your favorite place to travel? Oh wow! Uh, wherever I'm at at the time. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a lot of traveling the last couple of years, haven't we? We usually do a scuba trip, and um, next year we're going to be biking through Croatia for a week with some friends. Good so. for you. It's went beautiful. To, went there. to Iceland this year. That's amazing. Before the, the volcano. Yeah, good. Before that. But you're all into adventure and, and mm-hmm. doing that. And we want to do active vacations while we're mm-hmm. able because there will become a time, like I mentioned earlier, where we're not going to be able to do the things that we enjoy. We're not going to be able to bike or hike because of health issues. And so we're just going to maximize the time we have. And we don't know how long we have together. Tomorrow is not a guarantee. You know, you've we experienced that with your your previous spouses. Uh, every every day is a gift. You know, you count your blessings that you number one you found each other. It's almost a miracle. You probably mm-hmm. do you know other widows and widowers who've connected and gotten married or been together in um, your group. Well, what's interesting is I mentioned my mom and dad were so supportive, and um, when they first met Debbie, absolutely you know fell in love with her. And um, they shared with me uh, uh, friends of theirs. They would travel together, and their names were Jim and Mary. Well, I thought they were married. Well, they were not. They mm-hmm. were widower and widow, mm-hmm. and they just wanted companionship, and mm-hmm. they would travel together mm-hmm. and do things together, go to dinner. And um, recently, Jim passed away, and Mary took care of all the arrangements, had mm-hmm. both families there, mm-hmm. and never they never intended to get married, but they were literally friends for 20-plus years. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, that was one of the things that if, uh, you know, um, you know, while we were dating and things like that, if things didn't work out, I would have been friends with this woman for 20 years. Yeah. I would have hiked with her and skied with her. Yeah. and Your buddy. Yeah, if it, if it, but as we saw, it turned out much better. 
oh, you should uh, 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 relate to uh, Connie your criteria. Oh, I don't know if you remember this, but I visited you um, (laughs) a couple years ago, right after after 2019. No, it was um, it was way early. I think um, Jeff had just passed away. I don't know a couple years earlier, or maybe it was right as I was starting to do online dating. Maybe it was like 2015 or something. But anyway, um, you cautioned me and you said you should make a list Mm -hmm. of all the criteria that you're looking for in your next spouse Mm -hmm. so that when you're head over heels over someone, (laughs) you can look at your list and say, is he really what I was hoping for? And um, I had done that. I had had um, two online relationships that, um, and they lasted about eight months, but, um, I didn't go back and look at my criteria because with the first guy, he was not a Christian and that Mm -hmm. was the number one thing I had on my list. So I broke that off. And then, um, the next guy was a Christian, but I think I was just settling. I -hmm. just wanted a companion, didn't think I would find someone and, um, I, I think one of my friends just looked at me one day and says, you seem like you're settling. Hmm. You don't really seem truly happy. Yeah. And I said, okay, I, I need to, you know, not continue on with this. So he didn't want to know. I couldn't yeah. even find my list at that point. I think I had given up on finding anybody. And he said, don't tell me your criteria. I didn't want to know. Mm-hmm. I just like, you know, I didn't want to change my behavior. Just be and you. I just, I go, you're going to like me, you know, the way I am. I'm too old to change. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, we also agreed that uh, any kind red of flags. red flags or things weren't going right. Let's just not waste each other's time. Yeah. yeah. You know, the long-term relationship, you know, may not be meant to be, but we could still be, be friends. friends and yeah. do things. Yeah. So. You're very practical. You're very mature. You, mm-hmm. you know, it's. You know what counts, what's important in life. You you chose wisely. You came into this with your heart, but definitely with your head. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always say, if it's if the person is better and more than what you asked for, that's 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 higher power. That's God. That's mm-hmm. a, a the, the ultimate matchmaker, right? So, it was made in heaven. So, Debbie, what wasn't on your list that you <laughs> oh didn't put gosh. on there? I didn't realize I was going to get a mechanic, a plumber, a construction worker. Is it Mr. Fix-It? Oh, my gosh. Think of the money you save. You don't have to hire the Fix-It guy. And I didn't, man. I didn't realize I needed to learn all those skills, too. He can do it. I, I've taught her how to do, you know. You can do tile work and hardwood floors now. Floors, drywall. <laughs> it's handy. So what is, did you have a list? And if so, what was it that you weren't expecting on your so list? So it was interesting. Obviously, I started, I started, you know, we started dating just, you know, four months after Mary passed. So yeah. I didn't necessarily write down a list, but you know, again, thinking about um, things that I would like to, uh, you know, have in a partner. So uh, Mary was very creative. She ran a yarn shop. She knitted, sewed, had spinning wheels. Looms quilted, so she wasn't necessarily the active outdoor type. Mm -hmm. No, we enjoyed just doing a lot of things together, but you know that wasn't part of her life. So all those things I did by myself. Oh, and it was like, okay, if I you know want to you know start seeing you know you know seeing dating and like that, I would like someone to do this together. Mm -hmm. And you know, almost immediately, you know, from breakfast on the thirty first of October. I was like, oh my gosh, 
this this woman does everything that I like to do. I, I, you know, I, you know. So I was I wanted healthy. Of course, the baggage, right? Yeah, the, yeah. You know, yeah. how is she financially and emotionally <laughs> and all that? So um, everything, all that, just fell together perfectly for us. I think it's you know it was nice because we just started off as friends. Yeah. I mean, you really weren't looking to date anybody. That's you right. just needed to talk, yeah. and I was willing to listen, and I understood your story because. I had lost a spouse too. And so, um, you know, we just had so much in common and like to do so many things and it was just easy to do it. And I think that's when you finally realized it, it is fun to do this with somebody instead of by yourself. If you can get through, if you can help your partner get through the most difficult time, I don't think there's anything as hard, maybe losing a child, but losing a spouse. If you can help someone get through that then you're meant to be together because it's almost like traveling. I, your criteria for your perfect mate is what are they like when things are tough? Do you get along? Can you help each other? And how, can you travel together? Because there's a lot that comes out of travel. Mm -hmm. How do they do with disappointment? Are they flexible? Do they have an attitude? Are they grateful? Can they adjust? Can they make, I mean, you if, if you know your perfect travel part, then, then you should marry him because you can adjust to that. I, I used to golf and had back surgery in 2017, so I gave it up after that. But I always said, I'm going to golf with my next, you know, partner to see what they're like on the golf course because you see a lot oh, of yeah. tempers. What kind out. of personality? <laughs> well, since I wasn't golfing anymore, I couldn't use that one. But <laughs> we did change my timing belt on my car together. Shortly, I had a month or two after we started like dating. performing surgery together. Yeah. <laughs> so we scrub after this person. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Instead of before. <laughs> um, but anyway, I figured if we can do something like that. That's... Do you laugh together? Do you make each other laugh? Oh, all the time. <laughs> oh. So um, uh, I, I just love to see her smile. And, you know, I'll do goofy things once in a while just to get a smile out of her, make her laugh. Um, I have a small... You know, you know, place, you know, in Colorado, come out a little getaway, you know, place in the woods and it has a wood stove. Mm -hmm. So I can remember it was, I think the first time I, you know, we went down. Yeah, we were still friends at the time. And, and I said, hey, I'm going to go out and split some firewood. Oh, you always have to split firewood. Well, she just said, hey, can I try that? All right. I have good eye hand coordination. Yeah. She's an athlete. She plays yeah. golf and tennis and everything. She has good head eye. And... Go ahead, Debbie. <laughs> the first She's time I tried to hit the slight so wood, I totally missed. And I just cracked up laughing. I was laughing so hard. My I thought that's hurt. a mulligan. I had tears coming out of my eyes. I couldn't even laugh out loud. I was laughing so hard. That, so that was the first time I watched her just do like a belly laugh. And it made me feel yeah. it was. It felt me, made me feel good. She was laughing, mm -hmm. but I was like, I mean, I've been splitting wood since I was like 12. <laughs> so you know I'm like, I go, this is not hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to teach her how to do that. I'm going to teach. What is, what has Rick taught you? Besides hardwood floor? Yeah. yeah. Anything else? In marriage. What have you learned from him? Um, I think I just really appreciate how humble he is, and he's so willing to help other people. Um, I think he's kind of pulled a little bit more of that out of me. Yeah, one that you mentioned, uh, you know, how friends change. Um, yeah. So, you know, one of the things you get new friends. Mm -hmm. And um, 
So there was uh, one woman that was in our hospice uh, mm-hmm. uh, bereavement group and you know, w- uh, widow. So I've helped her with some home, you know, repairs and such. Another uh, friend of uh, Debbie's, it's all a uh, retired Air Force nurse, lost her husband to Parkinson's, I think. And I've helped her with home repairs and like that. Uh, and then there's a there's a another lady or two. So they're alone. Right? Yeah. One lady was divorced, but you know, since I help them, I just you know, and it was like, buy me a pizza, cook me sure. dinner, and I'll come and help you. You were. I just think of how blessed you are. You know, to have done your journey, to have been good spouses, and then again, it's not the end. Mm-hmm. And that the fact that you give so much hope to everybody out there. I mean, we could do another hour of this, but our, I can't believe our hour is almost over. Um, I, I'm so happy. You give hope to everybody and just joyful. And she is amazing. You, you, and oh. you and you too together are just <laughs> wonderful because she's palpable. You can tell and see and feel it, just how much joy there is to that. So I wish you many, many years in your 90s and your hundreds together and just hiking and enjoying life. And and then in the end, it's you are the best of friends. You mm-hmm. become the best of friends and mm-hmm. and soulmates. It's actually greater than that mm-hmm. when you find your soulmate again. So thanks for being on our show on Widow's Walk, Dev and Rick. And and to all of you listening in, don't lose hope. You know, we all grieve in our own way. And you never know that you're meant to have somebody out there and maybe another person in your life to brighten it, to be your partner, to talk to. And and you don't always have to be me alone. There's sometimes there's a possibility. There's always a chance there can be a new we out there. So Have a wonderful end of the year, and we are entering our second season of Widow's Walk next time you hear from us. So Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, have a wonderful new year. May it be blessed. We'll talk to you in January. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie Mariano. We hope you've gained some peace and maybe even a glimmer of hope as you continue to move forward in your life. Until we talk again, have a beautiful day.